Hey, Peter. Yo. Yo, it's just friends today. Oh, man. I, I, I'm i still on cloud nine from that discussion. Man. I know. Me I too. love it. Just uh, friends. We got a very special friend today. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Jazz Explained. Man, we got a good one today. We have a great one today. Usually they're okay. Well, usually we're talking about <laughs> how we think they're going to be. We've already done the episode today, so now we can brag. Yeah. We can, we can flap our proverbial wings a little bit. You know, we can, what does the peacock do when it primps its tail out? You flutters. Know. I don't flutters, know. You know. I don't know. We've got we've got the great Fred Hirsch on the show today. We had such a great talk with Fred. He's got a brand new open studio course called Just Friends: The Art yeah. of the Duo that features uh, clarinetist Anat Cohen, ever heard of her? Bassist Drew Gress and vocalist Gabrielle Stravelli. But and, I digress. Um, we we <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you Drew Gress. <laughs> Uh, but we had a great chat with Fred. Yeah, great we're so talking. excited to present this. Always illuminating, and um, let's just. Jump right yeah, into without it. Without further ado, Fred Hirsch. We are delighted to be joined today by the illustrious, the illuminous, the wonderful, tasteful doctor of solo and duo and trio and beyond piano, Mr. Fred Hirsch. What's up, Fred? How are you? Hey, how's it going out there? Good, good. So good to see you. We are um, excited today to talk to you specifically. We always have so many things to talk about. Um, but we love you being part of the Open Studio family because we know there's always that next time to talk. But today we're talking specifically about your brand new course, uh, which I know how this goes. It's like when you make records, I got to remind you of what it was because you did it a while ago and you might have moved on a little bit, but it's just friends, the art of the duo. And uh, it's such a cool thing. And I thought we could just sort of jump right in. And I'd love to know kind of uh, and just talk about how um, you came to this subject because your first course for us was, uh, of course, you know, thoughts and experience on solo piano, a deep dive into something that you're really well known for your solo playing. But this one, you chose the topic of du duo playing. And how did that come about exactly? Well, I think in my discography, I have more duo albums than either solo or trio albums. I've done a lot of duos with horn players, you know, uh, vocalists, uh, all kinds of guitar. Um, it's a format that uh, actually when I was a music student in the 70s at New England Conservatory, um, there wasn't really a fantastic school rhythm section, mm. but uh, I would be, there was a whole row of piano studios and I would be in a piano studio doing whatever it was I was doing and somebody would walk by with a saxophone and just say, come on here, you know, or another pianist. There were always two pianists, come on, let's play duos. And... Uh, and then I really got into it. Uh, I did for about 13 years. I did an annual weekly series at the Jazz Standard New York called the Frederick Invitation Series, and mostly duos. So if you do the math, 13 years, probably 40 or 50 different guests. Mm. Um, some of whom, like Anat Cohen uh, and Julian Lodge and Miguel Zanon, we have gone on to continue to have a musical relationship. We play together where we can. Some of them, frankly, you know, I was curious what it'd be like to play with this person, and it was fine, but probably not anything that I wanted to do again. <laughs> uh, but I, I've always felt uh, that, you know, there's there's kind of the term accompanist, mm. you know, which is 
maybe more traditionally in a with a vocalist, you would say accompanist. But I really prefer the idea of a partner. Mm. And um, for instance, with vocalists now, the only way that I'll play with a vocalist is in a duo. I'm not going to play with a trio backing a singer. That's just something I did, and and I've just moved on. But uh, if I'm playing with a great singer who's responsive and we're really creating something together, or a horn player or a guitar player or whoever it is, bassist, um, it's very rewarding. I get to use the whole piano. I get to play solo. I get to be kind of a big band, an orchestra. You know, I can use the extreme outer parts of the piano. They could be in the middle. They go up. I go down. You know, there's all this kind of orchestration possibility with two instruments, as long as the other instrumentalist or vocalist is a deep listener and mm. is flexible. And I just don't feel like I'm being a play along record and they're just shredding. You know, that's really not that much fun. So all the people that I have are really deep listeners and really super responsive musicians on the course. Yeah, I'm so glad you made that that differentiation between... Dif differentiation is that's not, right. not that's a real word. Between the trio and the duo, because I agree with you that there's something really... When, when all parties are listening, you know, a trio and a singer, there is this sort of like glass somehow between the group and the and the soloist and the vocalist but in a duo there's so much at risk for both parties if they're if you're not connected and like you said this freedom that can happen um i, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that that specific combination the the piano and the vocal there, there's obviously so many great examples of this but uh you and gabrielle stravelli who's on this course who is I, I wasn't really that familiar with, but she's fantastic. She's yeah. really, yeah. really terrific vocalist. You two have such a great chemistry together. And I, I just wonder if maybe you could talk about playing with vocalists, but also you chose, you know, for the chorus vocalist, bassist Drew Gress, and you mentioned Anat Cohen, uh, a, a clarinetist, and what those differences might be between accompanying, a, uh, not accompanying, but playing duo. Hey, with, watch it there. Don't use that word. <laughs> playing duo with a vocalist and a bassist. You know, the, the term accompany means to go with, right. you know, like you accompany somebody on a walk. So, you know, I think there's no shame in being an accompanist, but some sometimes, you know, back in the day when I played with singers who were not so great, they would sort of refer to me as my accompanist, you know, like my poodle or my... Right, you know, yeah, yeah, my handbag. My yeah. cleaning lady or yeah. you know, whatever it was. Um, uh, with singer, uh, you know... First of all, with many singers, you end up playing things in different keys. So that's interesting right there. Yeah. Um, singer world, sometimes you learn some different songs than you might be uh, playing in a more jazz, jazz uh, instrumental situation. Also, the good singers, uh, they will sometimes sing a verse to a song. Mm. You know, uh, you have to also learn how to play kind of out of tempo you know, how to feel what out of tempo is like, which doesn't necessarily mean just playing slower, mm. you know, can be moving or not. Uh, but also the way that you voice your chords, you have to be prepared for a singer maybe choosing a different note mm -hmm. that's not on the page. So you don't want to box, box a singer in, say, by doubling the melody. That's kind of bad form. Um, and also, depending on the singer's range, I'm, Gabrielle has a really low, rich voice. 
she's got a nice top end as well, but she lives kind of more in the alto range. So I have to figure out how to either be under her or around her. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm giving her the maximum freedom to be as interpretive as she wants with uh, the music. Um, the one thing that playing with singers and playing with bass players that's kind of the same is, um, you know, the bass, uh, the bass sound doesn't just pop out the way a horn player does or a singer. The bass sound from a stage or from anywhere, it's a low sound and it takes a little time to develop. And our ears are very much trained to hearing whatever is highest. It's just the natural way that we work. So with singers and bass players, the idea of really developing smooth voice leading that's, that's open enough so you're not hemming them in and it's not distracting. It's nothing punchy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just how you make this kind of nice bed for uh, them to kind of be in. And that's different than playing with a horn player. Yeah. And I mean, I love the way you and Gabrielle, like when you started, when she did the verse on someone to watch over me, yeah, so good. Um, the way that just the, the beautiful way you guys play together, not accompanied, but played together, mm -hmm. but also like your ability to kind of explain these nuances, you know, throughout the course and as you were going is, is just brilliant because it's not. You, you know, your explanation is so clear and you're giving like very specific choices and things that we need to do to, you know, or need to strive to do as pianists and playing in the duo situation. But you're also laying it out beautifully like it's a recording session right there at the same time. And I learned so much, you know, fr yeah. from that. And I also wanted to ask you about that though, because I remember you saying about um, Gershwin and I didn't want to uh, misquote you, but I remember you saying something about you felt like some of those standards, well, some of the Gershwin tunes being sort of jazz standards you thought were maybe a little overrated, um, but you did that tune. Was that because Gabrielle wanted to do it? And what's your feelings on that? Well, we knew it was, it, it, uh, uh, it has a long verse, which is actually a very, the lyrics are actually really good. Yeah. The verse. Uh, it's a song that most people really would know. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, it has stock changes, which I, kind of largely avoided, mm -hmm. uh, you know, trying to find a little way to bring bring uh, something different to that. But Gabrielle and I never played a duo before that mm -hmm. session. Mm -hmm. uh, never done that. Um, uh, when uh, Brian Fielding said they were looking for a vocalist, I said, Gabrielle, you know, she's great, energetic, great singer, great personality. She's an accomplished cabaret and Broadway singer. She's an excellent jazz singer. And she's got just a really effervescent vibe she's just got the best vibe um so i'm really glad that 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 uh that worked out to have her as a, as part of this mm -hmm. uh, yeah she's 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 a good one yeah a knot too you and a knot seems to have have great chemistry together and i'll be honest fred we've been trying to get a knot here an open studio for i don't know peter you years years yeah and fred asked fred calls her once and I know. she shows up but but she also <laughs> that was our back door yeah i know she it. also has such a a playful vibe i mean that's mm -hmm. i think my my the word that best describes that that duo with you and Gabrielle and you and a knot specifically is just there's a playfulness there with a knot that i think it looks like so much fun you could have you yeah. know, we, we she's were, a, 
Go ahead. You know, she's a deep listener. Uh, I play mm. with her brother also, Avishai, and they're both just very, very deep listeners. Uh, I love one thing I love about Anat is she's she gets into an idea and she doesn't doesn't just pitch it away. Mm. So it gives me a chance to kind of get in there with her and create something compositionally, uh, spontaneous compositionally. Um, she's she's just got great instincts and. Uh, you can't ask for a more lovelier, uh, more lovely person to gig and travel with. And uh, I also love the Brazilian music that she plays. She seems to like my tunes a lot. Yeah. So it's a it's kind of a happy uh, a happy thing. And um, and she's also not afraid if I'm if we're playing together. She's playing solo. She's not afraid to just stop mm. and just listen to what I'm doing. Um, I think we talked about that with Drew like so many times over the years. I'll finish a solo with an idea and then Drew will just steal it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so Anad and I steal from each other a lot, uh, which is, you know, part of the fun of it, really. Yeah. So, you you know, in the course, you, you, you speak quite a bit, you know, at different times about adjustments from solo piano to duo piano and the specific things, which I love because... You seem to make that, it seems to be such a kind of effortless transition for you in that when you're playing, all the different situations I've heard you in, solo piano, trio, um, with the string quartet on on your recording, with, with duo, with different instruments, um, it's always Fred, you know, and this is something, I was actually just talking to one of your former students, I think Jason Moran, about this and kind of like some of your concepts and how they've, through your teaching, um, you know, with this these, this generation of pianists, and now through your solo piano course and with this course as well, how you know your your spirit of the music and your approach to the piano, but also the specific adjustments and like techniques to use at the different times. Because a lot of the things that you say and that you teach, it's kind of like, oh yeah, of course, it's not totally from left field, but the way that you put in like the organic flow of in your playing and as you're showing it is kind of revolutionary and it's very inspiring because it's sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. There's a logic there, but there's an innovation to it too. I do think for a lot of us, it's kind of like you sit down to do it and you're like, oh, okay, well, there's a logic there. It's not going to be quite as easy as he just made it look, but there is a possibility there. There's a pathway there. I love that about you, you know your, your teaching. And I'm just wondering if that's something that you've thought about or is that just kind of come naturally from your approach? Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, you know, I've been so fortunate to teach, you know, as you know, probably a lot of the like super heavy young mid career piano players have been, uh, have been in my studio at one time or another. And I mean, these are people that probably didn't, you know, they would have been successful with me or without me, but, <laughs> um, the way that I try to teach is like, uh, okay, here's an idea try it just like I did with the solo piano course. Um, you know, occasionally I'll sit down and say, okay, you can do this, this, this and demonstrate. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of self-taught as a jazz pianist. So I grew up sort of having to solve problems, uh, on my own. I never, never occurred to me to transcribe a solo. Uh, just people didn't do that then. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, now I find that young musicians, they have so much information. It's like, say, a young tennis player who has all the shots, mm. but doesn't and can really thump the ball, but they don't really know when to use what shot, 
you know, and they don't quite understand how to win a match mm. you know, because they're in their head all the time or they're trying too hard or they're not flexible enough when it isn't going well. So that's kind of more of the way that, that I teach is, you know, it's all about solving uh, problems, uh, f- hopefully fun problems, like it was with the three wonderful musicians I played with, uh, fun problems, but, you know, you have to kind of solve them in real time. So um, uh, I think a duo, what, what is also special about duos is uh, like the combined sound of piano and clarinet is different than the combined sound of piano and guitar mm. or piano and saxophone, you know, and it's so you have two people contributing to this overall sound. When you have a trio, it's to me, it's like it goes logarithmically. It's like not three times more. It's four times more complicated. Mm. And a quartet, it's eight times more complicated. Mm-hmm. It gives you all these different pathways from different musicians, different music musicians. And a duo is just like direct. Here you are. You don't have to worry about, you know, if it feels like you should go out of time, you do. You don't have to tell anybody. You don't need to chart. If I want to play my solo in another key because I'm getting a little bored, then I can just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, it's really kind of like just learning the language uh, really well and then having this great inspiration uh, with you. I mean, Drew and I go back, I don't know, 35 years. Mm. Uh, and then Gabrielle was the first time. So we got <laughs> yeah. different. And then Anat and I have an ongoing partnership. So we got kind of three different uh, views of that in terms of my experience with them. Well, and that's a great lesson for everybody, too, in, in watching to hear the you know the high level of performance and interaction and partnership in all three of those duos even though there isn't the many years of experience with all of them but there is with some but that kind of professionalism and commitment to the music which is super inspiring and and kind of a bonus that you get now that you know the now that everybody knows the behind the scenes yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah well you know uh you know uh gabrielle and i had never played together before so there was really no attachment to what happened it's mm-hmm. like okay this is all we don't let's just see what happens there's no right or wrong and no experience we have to draw from mm-hmm. uh, we're just creating what we are in that moment and also i thought of just friends <clears throat> the art of the duo is kind of now that we're thankfully hopefully over the worst of this last two and a half years people are now playing with each other again right and, that's right you know and who knows what I may do for you in the future, but I thought this would be, uh, you know, uh, a good way for, you know, people to get together in in smaller configurations and, and to, for the role of the pianist to be much different than it might be in a trio uh, setting. So that was, that was another impetus for this uh, course idea. Well, that's great too, because like you said, with it getting exponentially more, uh, different possibilities as you add more people, the duo has a certain safety factor. Each person you add becomes less and less safe. So it's, right. <laughs> it's probably right. good for right. now. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, the new course is called Just Friends, The Art of the Duo, and it's by Fred Hirsch. And we're proud to say that it's available here at Open Studio. Fred, exclusively. Exclusively. OpenStudioJazz.com. Yeah, Fred, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you so much for the beautiful work here. We're so proud of it, and we can't wait for people to check it out. Um, and then you're doing a masterclass for us, one of your famous uh, Open Studio masterclasses that are so popular yeah. with our members on October 14th. Yeah, yeah, those are those are always fun and interesting, and and uh, actually now one of the few sort of online things that I do anymore. But uh, always get such a nice variety of questions and levels of performance. Uh, I think it, it it seems to be like a great thing that you do with these master classes, and it's always fun for me. Oh, that's great to hear. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, so everybody can go. You can get the course now. And if you become a member, you'll get access, of course, to uh, Fred Hirsch's his brand new course as well as his last course and all of our piano courses. And then you would get to see yeah. uh, on the 14th, which is next Friday, if you're hearing this podcast now. Um, or, of course, they're hearing it now because that's when they're listening. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's really fun, though. The, uh, I think I've seen all of your master classes, and it's such a cool thing. And folks you know basically you you critique in real time two or three of our members they play and they're super nervous so i think they're they're a little bit glad to have the virtual situation because they're really intimidated but but you and you're not at all like you know you know babying them at all you could say look you need to do this but but you're so warm within the music and within the instruction that they all um, take so much away for from from that experience we've heard from them. So it's a lot of fun. Too. Well, you know, everybody gets a little nervous, and so sometimes we talk about that. Yeah, right. Totally. And you get nervous. Yeah, you know? that's right. It's it's part of it. It's part of it for all of us. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Fred. It's great to have you here. It's great to see you, man. And everybody, please go if you're an Open Studio member. Check out your dashboard. Just friends. The art of the duo is available now. That's right. Take care, Fred. Thank you. By the way, I love my Open Studio hoodie. Hey. Oh, good. I still want to get one, man. Come it's on, coming, Peter. man. Get it's coming. I got to get in. I got to get in the club, man. <laughs> Thank I'm you, Fred. Okay. <laughs> thanks. thanks, guys. Thanks. thanks so much out there. All right. Peace.